Copa MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hi, everybody. Welcome back in. Thank you for joining me once again. This is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast, the one and only. Thank you for joining me. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes, low prices, unparalleled customer service, FREE, three-day shipping, over 75 bucks. It's easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the shopping destination for all of us out there that want to get some parts, gear, anything. Go get it, RockyMountainATVMC.com. Thank you for joining me. I know you guys have a lot of choices in podcasts these days. It's a saturated market, fellas and women. Probably more fellas than women. But thank you for tuning in. The one and only testing-based podcast for dirt bikes out there right now is this. So... If you don't like it, I apologize. But we try our hardest here to get you some information. And of course, thank you to the guys that support this podcast. Racetech and FlyRacing.com. FlyRacing.com. Go check out the gear. Light Hydrogen. Formula Helmet. Evo Gear. Boa Reel. Anything you guys want, they have it. It looks good. I can't wait for you guys to see the spring gear. Kinetic Mesh is looking mighty fine, and I like it. So go check them out, flyracing.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you. Hopefully you guys are buying it and are liking the gear. I know I do. If you guys are seeing the photos up on KieferInkTesting.com of this podcast, you know what I'm wearing. All red, light hydrogen gear. It is the most comfortable gear out there, so make sure you go check them out. Racetech, Racetech.com. Hey, I'm building a CRF 250R engine from Racetech and suspension and also doing a CRF 450R project that you guys, you ride red guys out there, are really going to want to check out. So Racetech is helping out with both of these builds. They're great guys. Go check them out. Paul Theed has been around a minute. Very smart people over there. I just saw Rob testing with Gerke and T-Dags today over at Milestone. They've been around. They know how to make stuff work. So please give them a try. If you haven't tried Racetech in a while, please revisit. I did, and I'm extremely happy. So if I wasn't, they wouldn't be on this podcast. So trust me on this. Visit them at Racetech.com. And last but certainly not least, I want to give a shout-out to Little D at FMF. If you guys are looking to get some cool hoodies, shirts, beanies, hats, FMFRacing.com. But better yet, Kiefer19 will save you 30% on the clothing over there. So go check them out. It's cool stuff. Show everybody that you're a dirt bike rider. Wear FMF swag. All right? So here we are today. Once again, on a Tuesday. New week. New bike. New edition. Okay? And it's the Rockstar edition. Last week was the factory edition. This week is the Rockstar edition. On paper, the KTM and Husqvarna, you know, factory and Rockstar editions aren't all that much different. Everything that the KTM has changed for their factory edition as is the same thing that's on the Rockstar edition, okay? That doesn't mean they act the same on the track. I kind of found that out today on the first impression, and that's what this podcast is going to be about. I'm going to tell you how the Rockstar edition runs, handles, and everything that I've learned in about three hours of engine time that I spent on it today. And I will drop some knowledge on you guys and kind of compare the orange to the white bike and tell you some differences that I felt um, out on the track today. Again, as always, I will continue to ride these two bikes and give you some more durability feedback, any kind of quirks they have, positivity, negativity. It's all in these podcasts. 
There's no bullshit. There's no fluff. I basically tell you what I feel. I don't owe anybody anything besides the truth, and that's why we're here. So let's just get down to it. This is probably not going to be a very long podcast because we kind of covered some of this last week. But I want to give the Husqvarna guys its fair due, its fair shake, and they really want to separate themselves from the KTM brand. They want to be their own brand. It's hard for you guys out there to really listen to me and say, yeah, right, Kiefer, it's the same bike, whatever. But look, they are different on the track, okay? What has changed from the 2018.5, which I purchased, or should I say Mrs. Kiefer purchased for me, between the 2019.5 Rockstar Edition? Rocker arms, the coatings on it, piston has changed. Bearing on the rod has changed. Suspension, valving has changed. So nothing major in the chassis area for us to talk about. But Husqvarna really aimed at freeing up the engine feel and trying to create less engine braking. We talked about this in the KTM podcast. No different here. Same kind of feeling same kind of direction that the boys in white are trying to create for all of us out there. And that is a good thing. A four-stroke with not much engine braking is a special thing. If you guys haven't experienced this, uh, you should. Because having a four-stroke that can roll corners without nose diving or pitching, like I call it in the testing world, and seesawing from on-off, on-off throttle, it's a wonderful thing. And the inertia of the engine, the crankcase mass, all creates engine braking. And it's, at times, good and give us front-wheel traction, but when you have as much front-wheel traction as this Husqvarna does and lack of engine braking, it's a special kind of feeling on the track. So we'll talk about that a little bit. So right away, what did I do? Um, the F, the F, uh, the Husqvarna comes with the FMF exhaust slip-on, unlike the Akrapovich slip-on that the KTM comes with. Pro taper bars are fitted on the Husqvarna, which is a Husqvarna stock bend, which is a very low bend, similar to a Ricky Carmichael Evo bend. I am all about a pro taper Evo bar versus the Necken bar. Yes. Does Pro Taper advertise with us? Of course they do, yes. But I love the bar. You get less fatigue, plain and simple. Less vibration, more dampening character in a Pro Taper bar versus any other cross-barless bar out on the market today that I have tried. And I have tried a lot. You can go back to my Handlebar podcast and listen to all the handlebars that I have tried. And the Pro Taper one just seems to feel right. There is a certain brand that I test for from time to time that has tried Pro Taper bars, and unanimously, all of the test riders agreed that we should have went to a Pro Taper bar, but we didn't. We settled on something else, which wasn't horrible, and it wasn't as bad as a neck-in bar. So I'm just letting you guys know that that Pro Taper bar is much better than the one that comes on the KTM, which is a neck-in bar. Less vibration, more dampening character, and just feels better in your palms versus the other bar. So kudos to Husqvarna for sticking with a good bar brand. For those of you guys out there wondering, yes, it is a little bit wide of a bend. You can cut those suckers down to 804 millimeters. For those of you guys wondering, yeah, whatever, Keith, 811, 804, not going to feel it. You feel it. I did a little handlebar test with one of my buddies out in the garage one day and said, okay, feel this bar. It was on the bike. He felt it, put it on, went around, did a loop. We have a little test loop by the house. He rode it. I put him back into the house. I switched bars. He didn't know which way I was going, shorter, longer, whatever. Put another set of bars on. He rode. He says, I like that second set of bars better. And I go, why? He's like, it just feels better in my hands. I can corner better because it was at 804 millimeters. It was shorter. So trust me, measurements count. Size does matter, all right, no matter what your wife says. So 
If you guys are interested and you're getting this bike, try to cut that Evo handlebar to 804 and really feel the cornering get better on this machine. All right. I'm going to cut to the chase to something that I feel like is the most important aspect to these motorcycles is the ECU setting. We talked about this a lot in the KTM podcast. ECU settings are very important to modern-day four-strokes. The KTM and Husqvarna struggled with ECU settings in 2019, okay? Rich off the bottom, lean on top. Have, has it improved for 2019.5? If you go back and listen to the KTM podcast, I say yes, it has, even though on paper the engineers say the ECU setting is the same on the 19.5 as it is the 19. Well, to my dismay on the Husqvarna, it, does, it doesn't feel as good as a KTM ECU, even though they're the same. So why is that? Okay, let's really dissect this. There is an FMF muffler on a Husqvarna versus a Kropovich on the KTM. The airbox volume is smaller on the Husqvarna versus the KTM. What is my feeling on this stock ECU on the Husqvarna? The feeling that I get is a rich, low-end feeling, okay? Not as bad as a 2019 rich feeling, but nonetheless, not as connected as the KTM feels when I ride the KTM. Now, I did go back and forth with mufflers. I put on a stock 2019 muffler instead of the FMF slip-on, and it did improve slightly out of corners. A little less rich feeling, a less on-off feeling through the corners. I do not like a bike that doesn't have a seamless power down low. From 0% to 5% throttle, you guys may not think is very important, but it is very important. That off throttle, which is zero, and then going to crack it and roll your corner is about 5 to 10%, okay? I've done many tests where we check um, throttle positions and openings, and that is about from zero to 10% is where you roll 180-degree corners. That upsets the chassis when you have a, a little herky-jerky rich feeling when you don't have your whoop and it starts to hit. This kind of what this this is what the Husqvarna kind of does with an FMF slip on. How do you remedy this? Okay, so we rode the bike. All I shouldn't say we. I rode the bike and and felt this and was a little bit disappointed and puzzled because the KTM didn't have this sensation. I talked to the guys over at Husqvarna, Andy Je- Andy Jefferson's a great guy. He's helped me out a lot. He's patient. He listens, and he believes in riders as far as their feedback. We decided to try the stock 19 muffler. Well, yes, that helped a little bit because of the insert. The diameter of the muffler is a little bit smaller. You needed some more back pressure, okay? The FMF has a a large mouth, and if you guys listened to my podcast before, you guys understand that back pressure is very important in a muffler. Sometimes when I use an FMF muffler, I will stick the insert in with the spark rester because it actually helps that low-end feeling, 0 to 10% to 5%. You know what I'm saying. So the guys at Husqvarna didn't have an insert for the FMF. But if you own an FMF system on your 19 or whatever, your existing insert slash spark rester will fit into the slip-on of this 19.5. That is what I did when I got home. I immediately got home, unloaded it, got geared back up, put an insert in this this FMF system, and it was better. So for those of you guys buying a Rockstar Edition, slip your insert inside of your slip-on, okay? Until, or if you guys are going to reflash or remap your stock ECU, Jamie at Twisted can do that with your stock ECU. I still recommend doing that because it does help that linear power feeling even more. But if you guys are going to run your stock ECU, try running the insert in your FMF muffler. Now, while we're on the subject, hey, Kiefer, was the stock muffler any better in horsepower or feeling on the track versus the FMF slip-on? In in one aspect, yes. So it kind of killed... 
that little bottom-in surge that the FMF had, which gave it that on-off feeling. So it kind of just flattened that curve out a little bit, which made it easier to ride and more linear down low to roll the throttle on. So killing a little bit of power actually helped the Husqvarna with the stock muffler. I don't think it has as much meat in the mid-range as the FMF slip-on. So I do like that fact that when I went back to the FMF, pulling power that, that pulling power out of the corner was much better and much more meatier with that FMF slip-on on. Do I care about sound? Absolutely. It does sound very throaty, which I like with the FMF slip-on installed. I prefer an FMF slip-on sound, and I prefer the mid-range of the FMF. The FMF slip-on does not make any more top-end than a stock muffler. doesn't make any more over-rev, but just gives you a little bit more mid-range pull. So get that insert in, help your roll on, help that 0 to 5% so you guys can roll your corners really nice and it doesn't upset the chassis and give you that herky-jerky back-and-forth feeling where you're on and off the brakes or on and off feeling it's pitching the bike mid-corner. What we call that, what we call that in the testing world is cornering stability. That 0 to 10% throttle opening really deciphers the cornering stability, people. There's so many aspects of this dirt bike thing that we all love, and there's so many ways to dissect things. And I'm trying to give you guys some more knowledge out there of what that is all about. So ECU settings helps chassis when you're riding a dirt bike, and putting that insert in helps the chassis and the cornering stability to give it less herky-jerky feel. Hope you guys got all that because, man, I was puzzled today. I was like, what is going on? How does this thing not feel the same? And I was trying to, to pick it apart, and there's only a couple things that are different from the KTM, the Husqvarna, and we kind of narrowed it down to the muffler. So the airbox volume is a little bit smaller. It's not that drastic uh, looking at the numbers, which I've seen. Um, so I wasn't banking on the fact it was the airbox. So again, I do recommend drilling holes into the airbox. There is a diagram that I've I put out there. It's on keyforinktesting.com. Go look at the 2018.5 Rockstar Edition photos and you will see it. You can copy it and you can use a half-inch drill bit and drill those suckers out and it's super easy to do. And you can open up that airbox more and get some more RPM throttle response, which is very important. Now, moving on, let's just kind of, I guess, kind of repeat what we talked about with the Orange Brigade. Does the engine feel freer with all this work that they did, right? Yes, it does. In second gear only, though. Same thing goes with this Rockstar Edition. I only feel this freer feel in second gear. When I'm rolling the corner in second gear and trying to accelerate down the straightaway, which milestone is not that fast. It's somewhat tight. There's only a couple, there's only two long straightaways um, in there. And I feel like when I'm accelerating out of the corner, the second gear is a, is a little bit freer feeling. It spools up a little bit quicker. It revs up faster and it gives me less engine braking when I go to set up for the next corner. That is the beauty of this bike. I can run second gear a very long time. A birdie told me that there will be a 49 tooth on the 2020 Husqvarna, so that might decrease that a little bit, but maybe get you in third gear a little bit sooner. I do put that on my Rockstar Edition that I have in my garage right now. I go to a 1349. I have ran a 1452 before, uh, 52 before, and I have decided like, hey, I just think the recovery process when I'm in the corner and I'm a little bit lugging and I want to fan the clutch to get that sucker back in the meat, 1349 does that a little bit better for me than the 1452. So just note that. So yes, the 19.5 Rockstar Edition is a small amount better. If we're comparing uh, engines between 18.5 to 19.5, if the 18.5 is a 3, the 19.5 is a 3+. plus, Not a huge difference, and maybe some of you guys will not be able to feel that, but that is apparent to me on this bike. Less engine braking is a good thing, um, less drag, but just note, okay, 
KTM and Husqvarna's both take some time to break in engine-wise and suspension. Eight hours is what I'm calling for you guys to actually start feeling that motor to be free. I'm up around six hours on this sucker now, and I can start to feel it around six hours. But man, from brand new to three hours, you're like, this thing's tight. It feels stiff, feels rigid. Just give it some time, chill down, relax. You made the right purchase. It's okay. Give it some time. And I'm telling you about six, eight hours of this ride time, you'll start to feel everything kind of loosen up and free up some. So what is the engine character like? Same thing. You guys are familiar with this bike. It's linear. It's easy to ride. Um, it, it opens up the track for me, and I've explained this to some people, and I think I even told this to Andy and even Eric at Works Connection when he was here riding with me over the weekend. This Husqvarna just opens a lot of different lane line choices for me on the track. It's very playful for me. I can hop bumps, braking bumps. I can switch lines very easy. I can go wide, pop out of a rut. I can just kind of point it and go where I want to go. Is it um, the most powerful feeling engine? And like, oh my God, is it so exciting? No. A Honda CRF450R, a YZ450F is much more exciting off the bottom, but that doesn't mean it's getting you down the track any quicker, Okay. It took me a while to learn that, and it's really deceiving at first, but that is the honest-to-God truth. There's so much connection with the Husqvarna Rockstar Edition that you may not feel exciting. You may not feel like it's going you know, down the track faster, but I can guarantee if you put a Lit Pro on or a watch and a clock on your lap times, uh, I would say 8 out of 10 times you will be better on a bike that's a little less powerful down low and has more real-wheel traction like this Husqvarna does. And that is why I enjoy it so much. That is why I purchased one, because I simply could just ride it aggressively, and it, re- it would reward that for me. And also, I could ride it smooth, and it rewards that for me. Um, I'll give you a little bit of example. The Yamaha, I'm a smooth rider, and it fits my style perfect. But if I start to get in behind some guy that's going Asiatic on the on the freaking track, just ripping, and I want to keep up with him, it's difficult for me to ride that Yamaha and push the envelope versus a Husqvarna. So I can appreciate steel frame. I joke with my buddies, man, when Cooper Webb or, or Jason Anderson's winning on the track, you know, Dude, they're dripping, man. I, and I forgot who said that back in the day. I kind of made fun of them, but I'm dripping chromoly steel, man. I'm dripping it all over the track. Well, that chromoly steel, man, it does do some things very good. I was talking to Ryan Morris today. He's a KTM test rider. And we both commented, like, isn't it funny how Japanese aluminum frame bikes, when there gets to be a knuckle on a jump... You, you, it kind of has a lot of pitching effect and maybe kind of pitch you into an endo. And it just kind of forces you front end heavy where the steel frame just has more of a dead feeling and it never wants to throw you front end first. It just kind of feels really balanced and flat. It, it, takes, it takes a lot for me to try to endo on a steel frame bike. And and trust me, I've ridden these bikes a lot, and you just get that feeling when there's notchy jumps. The steel frame feels a lot better when there's notchy jumps, and I and I can uh, I can attest to that. And Ryan said the same thing. So, good engine character. Make sure you guys put that insert in the FMF pipe if you're getting and and if you have some extra money left over, which you may not because it's expensive. ECU settings are important, so get it reflashed or go get a Vortex. Either way. Um, if you don't, and you just run a stock ECU, put that insert in, it will help that zero to 10%. Uh, I know we jumped around a lot, but I start thinking about things when I talk and, uh, hopefully you guys can follow along very good. Which map am I using? Map one, map two, traction control. I'm not a traction control fan out here yet. Summertime bake tracks. Yes. And older guys, yes, use that thing. Go to map two, TC, boom, good, hooks up. It, it gives you a little bit weird of a weird sensation when it's the tire's trying to slip, but nonetheless, it works. It's not a gimmick, okay? 
I was a map one guy today on a tighter track. I didn't really like map two because it was kind of short. Yeah, it might have pulled a little bit better off the bottom, but it was too short for me. I couldn't pull second gear as far. I'm a map one guy. I like map one. Not as strong down low, but yet long and linear, and it just seems like I can pull each second and third gear longer than I can map two. Don't be scared to try launch control. I didn't try it today. We will talk about it in a later podcast, but yes, the Husqvarna has that application as well, and it has a launch control device, so you can do that. You can lock yourself in, get the whole shot, okay? So there is some things available for you to get better starts. Moving on to the chassis. We kind of covered that a little bit. It doesn't really uh, roll over for 19.5. There's nothing new. I'm sorry, that rolls over to 19.5. Same thing as 18.5. Try to run your wheel back. You can go by Works Connection uh, Elite Axle Block to kind of help settle that rear end down. Or Ride Engineering also has an axle block kit with an axle. And uh, you can and it, you can put that in there, and it kind of puts your wheel a little bit farther back, and also frees up that fixed that stock that fixed stock axle block that comes on the Husqvarna. Um, now you have a Works Connection or a Ride Engineering axle block that is not fixed, and it floats, and it just frees up that rear end a little bit to give you some extra traction. Yes, it works. If it didn't, I would say, ah. Uh-uh. I would say just keep it moving. I wouldn't wouldn't recommend it, but this thing's not that expensive. Go look them up, rideengineering.com or worksconnection.com. Decide which one you want. Works Connection doesn't come with an axle. Ride Engineering does, so it depends what you guys want to do. But that does work. Straight line stability on this. Husqvarna is not the best, not the worst. It's middle of the road. It's predictable enough for me to push the envelope, like I said. I ran the exact AER air fork, the second line. Nothing's changed there on that. Unlike the KTM where I actually dropped the fork and went down to the first line, um, I ended up going back up on the KTM, and I just kind of left this Husqvarna um, AER fork um, alone as well on the second line. Stock air pressure... On this fork is 10.9. I start out at 10.8 and let my uh, air pressure build up and work its way up. I experienced today um, a few different compression clickers at Milestone. I ended up going too stiffer because there's a lot of slap down landings, a lot of jumps, um, a lot of jumps that are short where I just OJ it on purpose. So I want some uh, added hold up when I slap down. And initially when I was doing some slap down landings with that AER fork, I'd get a little bit of deflection. It would slap and kind of deflect. So um, I felt like I was getting a little bit too low. Stiffened my compression up three and helped out a lot. And then it didn't get any harsher through the mid-stroke. I will say this AER fork is fairly good. Um, Not the best fork out there. Obviously, I think uh, the Yamaha Yamaha has the Husqvarna covered in that area. But I'm also not complaining about it that much when I go to rough tracks. And I've been riding a a lot of rough tracks lately because it's been so damn rainy here in Southern California. So um, again, try slowing your rebound down one on the fork. um, You can close that compression, which is stiffen it. Stiffen it up three clicks. And that kind of helps that front end stick and bite in corners and be a little bit more forgiving on slap down landings. And I am 171 pounds today. Woo, I gained about three pounds. God, I'm going to be a fat ass. I think it's going up to uh, Pulp MX and having Pookie make cookies, and i sucking down the cookies, so I should cut back on the cookies. Um, sag setting 105, okay? Uh, I used... It felt a little bit low on jump faces today and landing, So, but it also was kicking at the end of the day because I had some good braking bumps into some sizable ruts today at Milestone. So I didn't want to stiffen the high speed and affect my ride height, so to speak, um, on D-cell. So I tried to go to low compression first, and I went there and stiffened that up two, slowed the rebound down two, and I like that balance. It kind of felt like the rear end was up a little bit. It didn't want to release and kick me when I was coming in the corner, 
and balance remained very good. So I like that. I will continue to evolve a setting for you guys out there. This isn't the end-all, be-all setting, of course. This is just like my first initial impression. And milestone settings usually aren't that far off from anything else that I go to. Like, I'm not a big stiff kind of guy. I like my stuff a little bit softer so I can feel the the ground underneath me, so to speak, but I also don't want it to pitch and blow through and I'm hitting a big breaking, breaking bump. And at times, milestone does get that way where they get their little walls shaped because uh, it's such a slow speed track and you can't really like get on top of these these breaking bumps. So you're in them and I like to have my stuff a little bit softer. So I'm not pumping that air fork up a lot. So I'd leave it at 10.8, let the air pressure pressure build up during the day and uh, just continue to check that as the day goes on. But during a moto, it should go to 10.9, 11, and you'll start to feel that, and you can adjust accordingly as you ride. So just know that. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have phone chargers for your Droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house. If you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close, like my house, I don't have that many outlets, they just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just, I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic. You guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, skosh. Skosh.com. Screenprintingdone.com. You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being, and he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts, hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, ScreenPrintingDone.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and ScreenPrintingDone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. Have you guys checked out BloodLubricants.com? If you haven't, BLUDLubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sports Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. 
I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike. Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sports Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain. And uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils. And uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check legitimacy of this stuff because um, I didn't want no crap involved in key ring testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. They got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEFER and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right. They are on board with the KieferInkTesting.com, Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 6DHelmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race-proven. I'm telling you guys, and it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 6D Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keferinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 6D Helmets, hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 6D. Hey, Heather. Hey, Chris. Did you know that every two-stroke KTM and Husqvarna come with a Vertex piston in the engine from the factory? No, I did not. 65 years ago, Vertex Piston was founded in a small technical workshop in northern Italy. Today, because of the renowned reputation for exceptional quality, Vertex is an OEM supplier to KTM, Husqvarna, and more exotic brands like Beta, Gas Gas, and TM. No matter which brand of bike you ride with, when it's time to go ride or time to rebuild your top end, Vertex Pistons will have your engine performing better than new. To see their full range of two-stroke and four-stroke pistons, in replica, high compression, or GP-style configurations, visit them at VertexPistons.com or stop in your local dealer and ask for a Vertex Piston Kit today. And if you guys want a discount code, hit me up, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com, and I've got one for you. Save some money. VertexPistons.com. What else did I feel? So I'm, I'm looking at my notes here. Again, we talked about the engine um, we talked about that on-off feel, the suspension, chassis. What about, we talked a little bit about the bars, okay, and how, how the vibration and the width is. But what I really want to talk about is how this chassis reacts to tire pressure. I really haven't um, discussed this with you guys yet. Um, Husqvarna does a great job by keeping good tires, Dunlop MX3S tires on here. Thank you. But make sure to really experiment with these tires. I went down, so I've been really trying to, to ride different air pressures with, with a steel frame lately since I've been doing a lot of tire testing. And with these Dunlops, I was up to 13.5 at first. And I was starting to get a little bit of a push. And I'm thinking, man, I wonder if I'm rolling. Well, I wasn't rolling the tire. I had to drop my air pressure down to 13 and even at times, drop my air pressure down to 13 in the rear, sometimes 12.5. So if you guys are starting to feel a little wash on your Husqvarna's, check your tire pressure, run 13 in the front on an MX3S, and 12.5 to 13 in the rear, and uh, that really helps. What about this gut seat? I forgot to tell you guys about that. It comes with a gut seat ribbed for your pleasure, but not for your ass. It'll eat your ass just as much as that Cella della Valla seat that's on the KTM. 
Same kind of thing, man. It has those dimples, those freaking dimples that eat your ass. God, dog, man. They, I mean, you'll stick. You'll stick in a corner, but, man, wear a chamois. I don't wear one. I'm going to start wearing one, man, because that son of a bitch hurts. And uh, when, I, when I ride over two engine hours on that thing, I have a raw ass, and it takes about a day and a half to recover. So make sure you got some butt cream or a chamois, a chamois in your shorts when you put your riding gear on, and that will help you. But nonetheless, it is a gripper seat cover, and it, and it works. So um, stand by. What about the looks? Ah, it's tough, man. Kiefer, what do you like better, KTM or Husqvarna? I could do without the Rockstar you know, symbol. Would I rather have a Rockstar symbol or a Red Bull symbol? I think I would rather have a Red Bull symbol. Um, it doesn't look as bro as the Rockstar symbol does. But, man, I really like the shroud changes that Husqvarna made. I like the added white and a little bit less black in the shroud. I like that the Guts Racing seats there. I like... Andy over there at Guts, he does great work. And I like that they use Pro Taper bars. I just think it's a sexy looking motorcycle. The added blue hubs with the DID Dirt Star rims are strong. You're not getting whooped out. Um, when I say whooped out, those those rims sometimes, especially on a Yamaha, get so jacked up too quick. Um, I like these Dirt Star rims that Husqvarna uses. And I like that they're using a different hub that's not stiff feeling. Um, I was worried about when they put hubs and they're using this Husqvarna um, parts clamp. Um, it's their own clamp, X-Trig style-ish. Uh, I, I, I got to find out the actual name of the clamp, what they're calling it. But um, nonetheless, it doesn't add any rigidity. And for me, it almost seems like it flexes a little bit more on the track. And which in return uh, gives me a little bit added straight line stability, and front-end traction. These clamps do go from 20 to 22, but I will not go to a 20-millimeter offset on this bike. Um, We talked offsets today with one of the Dirt Bike Magazine guys and how the rake and the trail and the camber and all these things work and how it should be on paper. Like, if I'm going to a 20, you should have better straight line traction and... It's it's a confusing mess, right? And I've sat down with Doug Dubach and talked about all this stuff, but from what I've felt, and again, you guys know this, I'm a big feeling guy on the track. Off throttle, okay? Now, I'm going to paint you guys this picture. Going from a 22 to 20, what do I feel when I go to a 20 offset on this Husqvarna? I feel like when I'm off throttle, I get too much of a wiggle, too much deflection. It just it's a little bit unstable. Now, on throttle, acceleration going down the straightaway while under throttle, under load, I feel planted. I feel like the bike is more planted. Now, in theory, you would think, huh, that's kind of ass backwards. But there's a different aspect to being on and off throttle and how the frame flexes and how the and everything kind of works so I, I'll, I'll have to show you guys and i'll have to put it up on keyforingtesting.com one day is i have this drawing and it was a real smart guy that i met while i was at yamaha that showed me a lot of things he worked for showa many years after that and he kind of showed me rake trail camber and how everything works and Yes, every engineer has a tool, and it's, and every engineer has this thing that says, yes, it's supposed to act like this in the track, but he always told me, Chris, that doesn't matter. It's what you feel on the track. This is just a tool for me to build this part, and it's up to you, the rider, to kind of tell me, point me in the right direction. So um, he was a way smarter guy than I'll ever be, and uh, we kind of teamed up a lot together to build some things over when I was at Yamaha, and... I can tell you what, um, going to a 20 offset on this Husqvarna isn't the right way to go. If anything, I would want to increase, for me, uh, the off-throttle stability at times when I'm getting ready to get into some braking bumps and I'm dropping into some deep braking bumps and set up for a corner. So I'd almost want to go to a 23 to 24 millimeter offset to kind of help stabilize um, that chassis. I won't ever be going to a 20 millimeter offset so if you guys ask me i will not be doing that i don't even recommend that for you guys that thing corners just fine 
you shouldn't have any problems. If you guys are having problem with cornering, check your tire pressure or your sag measurements or your fork height, okay, or your fork air pressure. There's so many variables. I get a lot of emails say, hey, man, I can't corner. It's vague. Dude, I can't watch you ride. I don't know where your sag's at. I, there's just so many variables for cornering. It's just not offset. Don't go slapping on a different offset clamp because you think you can corner better with some 20s. It doesn't work that way. So um, the Husqvarna has a lot of R&D behind it. It's a very good bike. I wouldn't have bought one if it wasn't. And uh, this 19.5, guys, is a little bit better. So if you guys are looking to buy one, they will be available in early March. And they're going to be about eleven grand. So stand by for that, okay? So... If you guys are wondering about reliability, I have over 20 hours on mine. I've had zero problems with it. So this whole notion about Husqvarna's are, aren't reliable is bullshit. Take care of your bike. It'll take care of you. Yes, there are exceptions to the rule through every color bike, but it'll take care of you. This Husqvarna is a great bike, and I love it. I really like this bike. I don't think they improved this, this Rockstar Edition that much. It's not like a make or break. For me, if you guys ask me, hey, I got an 18.5 or a 19.5 I can buy, buy the 18.5. Save yourself some money. It's not that big of a deal. Yes, it is a little bit freer feeling, but it's not that huge where you need to warrant spending another 1000 to $1,500 to get a 19.5. So the question that you all are going to ask me is, Chris, what do you prefer? An orange bike or a white bike? Well, right now I prefer a KTM just because the ECU saying is a little bit better. But however, however, I feel like I can corner and hit bumps better on the Husqvarna because of the damping character that the Pro Taper bar has. That neck and bar, man, it is stiff, and it's tough to ride at times, especially in a longer part of the day, man. When I'm 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock deep, it, it, it stings my wrist after a while. I'm no spring chicken, and uh, I don't know how um, those Yamaha, star Yamaha guys use a neck and bar. And maybe that they're using something something different or something softer, but my God, KTM guys, you guys need to to step up and get some Pro Taper stuff on there and and help yourself out. So it's really good. So as of right now, um, just the way the engine builds the character, I do like the orange bike, but the white bike is a little bit better on bump absorption for me and getting into the corner. So um, the bar dimensions are a little bit different between the two. But they're damn close, so pick your color, what you like, um, what team you want to pretend that you ride for, or whatever. But either way, these are good machines. I, I appreciate these bikes more. I ride them. I didn't really figure it out until I started riding them more. It does feel a little bit foreign to you guys out there if you're, you're coming off a Japanese bike and you're getting on a KTM or Husqvarna. They will feel a little bit different, but give yourself some time. And learn to appreciate all the things these things have to offer. Uh, look at Cooper Webb, and, and obviously his bike's gnarly. It's not anything like a production bike. But you can kind of compare um, factory bikes to factory bikes. You watch Cooper roll out of corner. He's not wheeling as much. He can get on the gas sooner because it's a linear power. No matter what you're dealing with, factory motor or not, that engine character is similar. That linear feeling is similar. I heard... Uh, Cooper likes more bottom end than Marv, and I watch Coop, and he still looks connected. You watch uh, Barsha on a Yamaha, he's wheeling all the time. There's a lot of power there, they need to control it. KTM seems to, uh, KTM and Husqvarna seem to handle that a lot better. Um, you know, he, you know, he's even better to watch ride than Cooper, Jason Anderson. He's off the back a little bit, he never wheelies. He, he scrubs. He's, the bike is flat all the time. He stays lower. He's not scrubbing. It's just that that bike stays lower. So, man, I, I'm really starting to believe in some of these steel frames and how, and how much I enjoy and the comfort that I get and the character that it has um, as I'm trying to push the envelope. So um, kudos to Husqvarna for building a great bike. It's a good-looking bike at that. And um, it sounds bitchin', it looks bitchin'. They will be out in March, $11,000. So you can check them out. Stay tuned here 
to the Kiefer Tested Podcast, and we will be getting more information and more settings out to you. You can go head over to pulpmx.com and read 10 things that I'll be writing for Stephen um, about this bike. We'll talk about the changes. We'll talk a little bit orange versus white, and we will talk about steel frames. We'll talk about a lot of things, but within reason. That's why we call it 10 things. There's only 10 things I'm going to talk about. We'll keep it brief, short, but compact, a lot of information in there for you. So I appreciate you guys listening. If you guys have any questions, you guys know the drill. Chris at keyforinktesting.com. More than happy to answer them for you. And uh, just give me some time. Sometimes it takes a day or two, maybe three. Got a lot of emails today. I've been gone writing. Just don't forget, I'm not at home staring at my computer all day. I'm actually testing and for those of you guys asking me, where's this test? What's this test? Dude, I'm only one guy, okay? It takes me a little bit. Yes, I would love to be five employees deep. I'm not. Um, I have my name attached to all my tests, so I want to make sure they're done right. And uh, I have no one to blame but myself. If I screw it up, it's on me. So um, I try to take my time as much as possible and try to... Um, give you the right amount of feedback so you guys can make an educated uh, decision and get a purchase out there and make the right one. And uh, I know that you guys are chomping at the bit. You guys are excited about dirt bikes. I get it. But give me some time. This Hoosier tire test took a little bit longer than than I wanted. Um, But the Hoosier tire test will be up later this weekend. And you guys can listen to that and all about rubber. And a lot of these Hoosier tires that I've been running have been on the Husqvarna, which have been fairly... Very, very excellent. So uh, um, when we have a <laughs> when we have a, a test and we have these sheets, there is a spot where it says "very, very excellent." Don't ask me why they do that, um, but there's two varies before that excellent. So uh, these Hoosier tires have a lot of tire cushion, and it helps that steel chassis. But we'll get into that more. I don't want to give it all away now. Just listen to the the, the tired podcast. But the gist of it is. Cut me some slack. Give me some time. We'll get you a test, and we'll and we'll make you happy. So, um, thank you for joining me. If you guys want to go check out these Husqvarna's, you can go to Husqvarna's website, or you can head over to KieferInkTesting.com. There will be even more information on the 2019.5 Husqvarna FC 450 Rockstar Edition. So go there, KieferInkTesting.com. If you guys want to buy some swag, Kiefering Testing swag. Heather at KieferInkTesting.com. So thank you for joining me. Support the advertisers that are on these shows. It helps keep this sucker running and keeps it moving. Actually, keeps my family fed, keeps a roof over our head. So <laughs> we appreciate you guys going there and using the codes. Inside these commercials that you may or may not forward, there are discount codes. Okay? So if you guys did forward them and you're listening to me right now, go back, rewind. And get the codes. Save yourself some money. So stay tuned next week. Or no, stay tuned this week. We'll be back. More tire testing. KeyFreakTesting.com. Thank you for joining me. See you guys on the flip.